1: Get it now It's time to sit and relax Get your mind blown away Ain't no skipping this track Have you paid more attention No listening gap Get everything I ever wanted
2: No giving it back, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah What's up everybody? Hardest part of the ring Back Back with some vengeance 2001 The Final pay-per-view of 2001 Woo-hoo. doggy and Finally We are done with the invasion Christ man <laughs> Man, it feels like we were on that storyline since the goddamn Nixon administration like holy shit that Did that that <laughs> did that storyline drag out but survivor series Is uh, the pay-per-view that we are fresh off of. Survivor Series 2001, of course. As I just mentioned, that is kind of the uh, culmination of the Invasion storyline. The WWF conquered the Alliance. You know, that WCW-ECW team comprised of Shane McMahon, Stone Cold, Kurt Angle. Fucking, you know, all that shit, right? So, (laughs) So that's done. Brings us to Vengeance. What what I associate this pay-per-view with and what all of you who are aware of this era probably associate this pay-per-view with is the crowning of the first-ever undisputed world champion. So coming out of Survivor Series, they of course have the WWF title, but they also have the world title that they have newly deemed the world title because it was previously the WCW championship, but now WCW is dead and buried. So now we have the world championship, not world heavyweight championship, world championship. So that is basically the main premise of this show. And uh, yeah, man, just what a weird time this is. Like anyone that is a frequent listener to me knows that i did not watch during this period from basically vengeance up through royal rumble 2003 i've never seen any of these pay-per-views and uh this is the beginning of this segment in time that i am not super familiar with other than like the key plot points right but also it's just a weird time for the company right because wwf only has a few months of being wwf first of all um but this is that weird period in between you know because he had attitude era and then you know the invasion era whatever you want to call it if you want to put that in with the attitude era that's whatever tickles your pickle right but december of 2001 I, I i have a hard time calling this the attitude era and it's definitely not the ruthless aggression era because you know that hasn't you know that, that famous Vince McMahon promo and all that, that, that hasn't happened yet. So it's this weird in-between kind of period. It's almost like a lost era, even though a lot, lots of major things happened, right? Because we're just a few weeks away from Triple H returning. We're just a few months away from the NWO. And man, 2002 has a lot of major implications for the company. But right now, we're it's almost like this company, at this point in time, is like in an idle period. It's almost like they're just waiting for Triple H to come back, and I, I I don't know that very may well have been an initial plan. In fact, I would almost say that's a definite, considering Triple H is on the fucking poster of this pay per view. <laughs> but of course, he's not on the card. But like I said, he's on the pay per view poster. And another funny like element to this is all like the graphics. Like the little chirons that like show the the wrestlers' names and their entrances, all of the uh the match preview graphics, had a lot of sledgehammer animations. So uh and what does that have to do with vengeance, right? So that's gotta be a, a nod to Triple H, right? Maybe it's just foreshadowing his return. Maybe it's just like the eminent, you know, return of Triple H. Maybe that's the deal here, but whatever the case may be, it is uh very clear that Triple H is a heavy Heavy influence on their future plans at this time. And uh, we get that solidified at the Royal Rumble. But we're not there yet. We're at Vengeance. Uh, but before we get into Vengeance, real quick. Um, if you uh, if you subscribe to this podcast, if you follow me on uh, social media and YouTube, most importantly, uh, you would have seen uh, my WWF 2001 tier list that I did uh, last week. It was a live show. And uh, I plan to do more of those going forward. So go check it out on my YouTube channel. I basically ranked every 2001 pay-per-view that WWF put on in a tier list format. Uh, the chat was going. and It was a good time. It was a good time. So go check that out. Audio version is also available. It was the, the uh, episode previous to this. Uh, but go check out the YouTube version. It was a fun time. Um, but yeah, man, Vengeance. 2001, closing out the year. You know, like I said, it's mainly known for those that, the final three matches to crown the first ever Undisputed Champion to unify the WWF title and the world title. But other than that, outside of that, this was actually a very solid show. 2001 has been killing it with these pay-per-views, man. I mean, there hasn't been a bad show of the bunch, I don't think. But on this show, you also get... RVD versus Undertaker in a hardcore match. Not just that, you get RVD versus Short Hair Undertaker, a <laughs> uh, heel Undertaker. We'll get all. We'll get into that in the podcast. But lots of great shit there. You get William Regal versus Edge, who are both like at their physical primes at this point. You have this really bizarre match with the Hardys facing each other, which is something that I completely, I don't even, I've never seen this before. And as a Hardy Boys mark, I was very, uh, I was befuddled watching it. Let's put it that way. Lots of great wrestling. You got, you got test, uh, trying to rape Trish Stratus. So, uh, yeah, lots of, (laughs) man, this show, I'll say this though. This show is kind of a rough watch in hindsight, man. There is just boy. Howdy. were women just objects at this, (laughs) at this time. Well, good God. And, you know, going off that, guess who's back on commentary? Jerry the King Lawler. And he is unloading all of that misogyny that he had pent up <laughs> in his few months off. The time's what it was, but man, like I said, in hindsight, it's a roughie. But uh, outside of that, really solid show. And was stoked to have Devin and Javiz from the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. On to recap this show Go subscribe to them Wherever you listen to podcasts Check them out on YouTube as well They have video versions Go subscribe to them The Clark Street Wrestling Podcast All their info in the description Really good guys Really fun time on this episode And let's get into it WWF Vengeance 2001 With myself and the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast um uh, sorry if you guys are planning on watching Raw tonight sorry for cutting into a... Uh, oh whoa uh, oh,
1: man uh, you know <laughs>
3: you're going tonight
2: <laughs> cuz I'm missing Raw I'm sure you guys have big plans you got watch Naomi <laughs> I, lose to Eva Marie you know I'd rather I'd rather talk about vengeance than <laughs> about <Raw> for
3: sure <laughs> i am with I you. 20 years ago i'd rather
2: talk about that, than yeah. that. <laughs> oh Glad yeah we're on the same page <laughs> um but yeah so both thank you guys once again by the way um for making the time to do this uh really appreciate it uh so did you guys both get a chance to watch the show
1: oh yes yeah it's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So our whole thing yep yeah yep. sort of rewatched yeah. it i was like wow this was 20 years ago
2: man it's
1: crazy, the me too moving would have had their hands full with this oh right man
2: <laughs> don't worry we're gonna we're gonna get knee deep or head deep into this man like yeah yeah because i guess so i'm guessing you guys are like kind of similar to my age so my question were you guys watching the product at this time live oh I was. Yeah. i was yeah
1: i actually watched i remember watching this pay-per-view scrambled you know because i didn't watch it yeah you know, i didn't have like I didn't buy the pay-per-view, but I watched it scrambled. You had still had audio, but trying to make pictures of what I've done, of I've done what many was going of that on. in my day, too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember if I saw it scrambled or if somehow I was able to see it. But I remember buying, at the time, the DVD for it afterwards just because, mm-hmm. you know, with all of those stars there, I was like, man, I need to, I have to have this. So, right. Yeah, but beforehand, I saw it. I remember, I, I don't even know if it was like, you know, black box or whatever, but I was able to see it.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> this is actually my first time watching it, because there was like a brief period where I wasn't watching. So this mm-hmm. is what, and I've seen like the main event and all that. I knew how all that played yeah, out. But there yeah, was some yeah, stuff yeah. on this show. It's like Rob Van Dam versus Undertaker, that happened? Like, mm-hmm. I had yeah, no idea. I was, so. I was like,
1: oh, yeah, that's right for the hardcore championship. I was like, wow. <laughs> coveted, yeah, coveted hardcore yeah. championship. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So you guys were watching live. So this, this is my question, actually, since I, I was not watching live, when you went into this, who did you guys suspect was gonna walk out the undisputed champion? Uh, if you remember,
1: with, with me it would be I was a big Stone Cold fan. I'm still a big, and that's my favorite wrestler all time, favorite wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I yeah. and I had you know the feeling of all right Stone Cold he's gonna win. You know he got the momentum. Him Mm -hmm. and Kurt Angle going at it, but I felt like, you know, he was the one that that can carry uh, two titles and be that true undisputed champion. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was interesting because you were
3: coming off of the uh, Alliance versus uh, WWF Mm -hmm. storyline. And Stone Cold was kind of in an interesting place at that time where he was a heel, but the fans still loved him. So it was kind of hard to know, like, which way they would go. Um, Then The Rock comes in the storyline and he's, you know, just mega star too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, baby face, except for when he goes against Stone Cold. You know, usually (laughs) it's Stone Cold whenever the two of them go against each other. Um, You know, and then Jericho had injured Triple H and Kurt Angle had been a part of the whole, you know, alliance thing. And then he betrayed. Uh, oh. stone cold and the alliance oh, yeah. and jump ship and there was all this you need like so, a
2: whiteboard with strings. yeah there was so going much on.
3: going on at this time <laughs> so to be honest with you I'm not even sure who I thought was gonna win this it was just yeah. one of those things where just being a fan of of you know all of these wrestlers at the time so I remember just loving all of them thinking like oh it's cool like we get all of these stars all these different characters in one big tournament like you know king of the ring tournaments back then and any 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 type of uh Mm -hmm. uh setup where you can put like a a bunch of the best wrestlers together it was always like oh this is cool like who's it gonna be and you make your picks but i I honestly can't tell you who i thought i mean i was a i was a big fan of the rock you know and stone cold but i probably would say the rock is probably who i would have picked back then but it's tough man just thinking of how all over the place the storylines were back then
2: for sure and it's interesting i bring that up because i don't think either of you guys mentioned chris jericho as far as like someone you suspected which i think i'm I'm almost like is that why they went with him is because it was so unpredictable like he's like the fourth guy anybody would have suspected i think if you're watching live
3: yeah I, i i imagine i imagine that's that's probably why they went with them you know just the shock value of it all. I mean, this whole pay-per-view is kind of funny because Triple H, you know, at that time was supposed to be making his return and he's on the cover of Vengeance. Yeah, he's on the poster. So there's this whole thing where what would it have been like had Triple H been ready to go at this time? Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like Jericho, so I I listened to to Jericho's interview with uh, Stone Cold and, you know, even Jericho found out last minute that it was going right. to happen. You know, it yep. just kind of, they just told him. He's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. And <laughs> he almost didn't believe it, you know, when they told yeah. him. So, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like this was probably around the the genesis of Vince McMahon kind of making these last-minute decisions, you know, because now it's commonplace that, oh, Vince will change his mind, like,
2: right know, at, yeah. in
3: the middle, in the morning, before Raw, like, hey, we're going to change everything. So, you know, this, who knows? <laughs> who knows why it Really, Jericho.
2: Because like like you said, it's just a weird time. Because like you said, this is right after the invasion, kind of mm-hmm. all wrapped up, and you know there there's plans to have like two brands, you know WCW WWF, and then yep. that all kind of ev- evaporated, and then yep. it's like they almost didn't know what to do, and it's almost I feel like this pay per view is pretty much just one big volley for Triple H's return, like it's <laughs> basically just setting it up for Triple H to come mm-hmm. back and then spike Jericho into the which is and what happened, Yep. Um, <laughs> but. um before we get into the show, you brought up Stone Cold and, like, the position he was in at this point. Yeah. And I'm watching, because I watch all the Rawls and SmackDowns, too, to kind of get ready for these pay-per-views, too, just to kind of, mm. like, like, feel that, what the atmosphere was mm-hmm. at the time. And I guess my question is, do you guys think Stone Cold was stale at this point?
3: Hmm.
2: Because, like you said, he was heel during the yeah. Alliance and all that stuff. And then pretty much right, the Raw after... That just all went out the window. And he was back to being stone cold, babyface. He kick, kicks Vince McMahon's I think he gives him a stunner on the Raw right after or something. But um, he's basically back to what he had been doing a few years previously. Yeah. Like, pretty much almost exactly. So I'm almost wondering, like, okay, is this, like, kind of, like, he's just reverting back to what we've already seen before, so maybe it's not as interesting? Yeah, I think, man.
3: I mean, that... Well, go ahead. That's that's. I'll let Devin take this one because that's his guy. So we'll see what he says. Yeah, yeah. He, he was my
1: favorite. So you know, looking at, looking at the pay per view, you know, twenty years ago, and and then looking mm-hmm. at it, you know, twenty years now, I, over, I overlooked a lot of shit on that pay per view. Mm-hmm. I was like, and and that's a good question that you brought up. Was was he stale? I want to say he was right on the precipice of being stale. Like, yeah. you know, after, you know, 2001, I think maybe two more years of Stone Cold right before he retired. But I want to say within that period, he was kind of slowing down and on his mm-hmm. way,
2: you know, mentally checking out. Right. Yeah, because I just went through his whole heel run and it was Parts of it were better than I remember it being. Like, it was very entertaining as a oh, yeah, heel. Yeah. Towards towards the end of the invasion, everything got really stupid. and didn't make sense. But, like, he played the character very well. Much better than I remember. So now it's almost like... It's like he was having fun, but now he's just kind of, like, doing the same old shit. It's,
3: it's interesting. It's interesting to think about it. Because my memory of it, and I, didn't, I didn't watch the Raws and Smackdowns leading up to it. But yeah. I remember back then actually really loving Stone Cold's character back then. Mm-hmm. Like I said, even though, you know, he was a heel... He just was so damn charismatic. Like every time he showed up on yeah. the screen, I was just like, oh, what's he, what crazy thing is he gonna do next? Like there was one moment where like Taz, you know, was just the the target of all of his anger all of a sudden. I think, I don't know if, Dude. I think Taz messed something up. He lost the I don't know or whatever. What ta- I don't
2: know what Taz, I don't know who Taz pissed off at this point. It seemed like every other goddamn week he was like getting his belt ripped off and they were whipping him like in the middle of the ring. Yeah. It was like several times over Dude. the course of months. Like, yes. why? <laughs> yes, I don't understand <laughs> it. I don't get it
3: still. I, I I wish, you know, someone would come out and say, hey, this is what was going on behind the scenes. But you know stone cold though there was something about that character that he was just so like you didn't know what he was gonna do or say or who he was gonna get pissed off this episode or next episode so and he was just still funny like the chemistry he had with vince mcmahon at that time Mm -hmm. too, and then with kurt angle and just him and kurt like vying for vince mcmahon's attention you know and in kurt you know being like the the golden child and and stone cold seeing this and be like oh no 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 i can i can do this sure yeah you know and standing up and kind of like trying to be that guy i don't know it's just to yeah. me it was it was a fun time to watch stone cold because it was very different from you know that badass that was always you know it was against the boss and just being a you know that that s o b like he always yeah, was yeah. before now we got to see him almost in the more this more comedic role and then to your point I guess leading up to this like I said I didn't watch the the lead up to it but there I guess you could say that maybe one of the reasons why they picked Jericho was to do something a little bit different cuz he was still WWF champion at this time so maybe we're like all right let's let's switch it mm-hmm. up a little bit you know and then give Jericho the championship because we know we're having Triple H come back we know yep. I think it was X8 that was the next WrestleMania so that led, eventually led up to Jericho and and uh, Triple H, yep. so maybe they said, "Hey, let's go in a little bit different direction." Stone Cold, we got some other things with you, and maybe you know the NWO, because yeah, mm-hmm. they had Scott Hall, you know, coming in with Nash and Hogan, um, and yeah. that whole thing is that's all like a whole another podcast probably to talk right, about. Yes. I mean. <laughs> that but, is for um, sure. Yeah, so stale. For me, my memory is that, that he was stale. For me, it was just kind of entertaining to see him in a different light.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agreed. Maybe approaching stale, but at the end of the day, he's still mm-hmm. stone cold Steve Austin. Like he's, he's, right. he's, he's still the best thing they got at the time. Right. So it's like, um, but yeah, man. So just getting right into it. So the intro to this show, Vince McMahon comes out, looking, uh, looking not pissed, just kind of annoyed. I I would, I would describe it. Yeah. Not a lot of energy from him. Not his usual walkouts. Um, and he comes. The reason he's upset is because the SmackDown previous to this, he got a stink face from Rikishi. And uh, (laughs) if if you missed it, don't worry; they'll recap it like twelve other times throughout this show. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the whole thing. So Rikishi, so he's, this is the whole beginning of the Kiss My Ass Club. So I think uh, mm-hmm. Regal was the first one. Then they tried to get JR. I think no, JR did JR, join JR in. did. did JR. the Undertaker. We'll touch on that when, uh, during the Undertaker match. But um, then there's a, a point, that the SmackDown previous to this, where uh, I forget what the setup is. But Vince McMahon basically has to kiss The Rock's ass. Um, but The Rock's like, oh, no, your lips aren't, aren't worth my ass, or whatever, whatever he said. <laughs> and then um, brings out Trish. Then he teases Vince like Vince gets the tr- uh, kiss Trish's ass, uh, but stops him, brings out Rikishi, is his cottage cheese ass, brings him on out there, <laughs> and goes diving headfirst right into his ass. And then that's, uh, yeah, so that's basically what he's, the, the whole, it's like a 10-minute promo in the beginning where he's he's yeah. mad about that. <laughs> and on, another funny note, this is like the beginning of the what chance. Oh, so, yeah. because yeah. This when yep. he, like Stone Cold started doing it, so it, it's funny seeing people because nowadays you hear it, and it's like okay, it's this goddamn what chance again. But back then, I was like, what? are they just saying what? Like, how do I respond yeah. to this? So <laughs> Even best to man was g- playing g- around with it too. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, he cuts this long-winded promo, and he ends it with "He who laughs last laughs, laughs loudest." So pretty much foreshadowing to the end of the show. Then, uh, which brings out Ric Flair, his 50 50 partner, I guess. So apparently, Flair purchased the stocks that Shane and Stephanie sold when they disbanded, something along those yep. lines. Yep. Um, he says, Shut the hell up, Vince. These people want to see a pay per view, not you talk, which is accurate. Um, what do you guys remember about Ric Flair there? Because I don't really know a lot about Ric Flair in WWE pre evolution.
3: Mm. Um. I think they, they just wanted to find a way to bring him back you know in, in the fold and on tv and yeah there wasn't really a plan at that time it felt like i mean I, I remember from there was that documentary they did for uh the attitude era and before evolution rick flair was lost like he didn't know you know he didn't have a direction and he didn't know yeah. who he was anymore and Triple H kind of saw that and brought him into evolution. So at that time, you know, watching him again, for me as a fan watching it, I just remember being like, oh, that's a cool way to bring in Ric Flair. You know, instead of having him be, you know, fighting for the championship like they kept doing with a lot of the older guys in WCW, you know, here it's like, well, why don't you put him on even field in a way with Vince McMahon and say he's part owner. And, you know, they did that with a couple other people, too. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Um, I guess looking back at it now, I can, I, it, it feels like, I don't know, maybe there was an opportunity there to do something a little bit more with that because I don't really have a strong memory of Ric Flair as part owner. Like this probably is the most significant thing that happened, you know, with him being a part of the undisputed championship being uh, crowned to someone. But beyond that, you know,
1: it just seemed like he was just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I feel the same. Like, he, even though his character was a part owner, it felt like he was more uh, in the GM role. That's how I felt when I was watching Mm -hmm. it at that time. So I I didn't feel any different. Like, like, to Fee's point, you know, that was cool that you get to see Ric Flair in that limelight. But... Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't think anything further than that. Like, oh, I'd like to see him in a in a championship match, or just you know, mm-hmm. you know, get up with these younger guys or something like that. So yeah, yeah,
2: I man, it's crazy in hindsight knowing that he would return to the ring. It would wrestle for another what, like eight years or something like that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man, I
3: mean, some of these guys, they just you know, Rick. I think if he could, if they would let him, I think he would wrestle now. You know, I think that in his mind, he's still that guy. He's still the nature boy, you know, but here it's I think that at that time, you know, it was it was good not to have him be, you know, in the ring and just kind of like, all right, let's use him in this capacity, test it out and let's see if this works. And it didn't. And then, you know, through evolution and then post that, you know, with his issues with Triple H and then later on Shawn Michaels for the. You know, uh well, it wasn't even an issue, it was more of like if I lose again, then I retire yeah. kind of thing and Sean ends his career. Um it was it was what it was. You know, I appreciated being able to see Ric Flair in WWE because I, I hadn't seen I only saw him in WCW uh prior uh before this. So it was right. kind of nice just to be able to see him have a couple matches, but you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed for sure. Um, but let me ask you this. Was it nice to see the hip hop hippo? <laughs>
3: I forgot that was his nickname. To be with you. <laughs> I have
2: no recollection of whatever the hell this was, this opening match. We have Albert and Scotty Tuhati versus Christian and Test. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was a match that happened. Yeah. For sure. Oh, man.
3: I was like, too cool. Like, where is Grandmaster Sex at? Yeah, that's like, what I was thinking. Like, why is Albert, his tag team hey, partner, when did that happen?
2: Better question, where the hell is X-Factor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they had more steam to them, I think. They're just gone. Right. right I don't know. Right. I guess maybe X-Pac left at this point. Who knows? But uh, Right. <laughs> Christ, man. But, like, so, this match, it, it, I thought it was a pretty solid opening match, honestly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very fun, and I think it served the purpose of, uh, you know, to get the crowd hot and all that. You have all your your big-time moves. You have the worms and all that. But um, one thing about this show, this is the return of Jerry the King Lawler to pay-per-view, and he's in a rare form tonight. And including (laughs) in this match, my goodness, he has a few suggestions for uh, team names for Scotty and Albert. Let me me run it down for you guys. We have uh, the Honkadelics. We have uh, MC Cracker, <laughs> oh, run, run BMW, and the Pasty Boys. Uh, oh. do you guys like any of those names? You think they should have run with any of them?
3: Uh, you know, it, it's just so cringeworthy. It's crazy to think that <laughs> yes. they got away with that. You know, yes. like. It's uh, just crazy to me oh. to even hear that. I was like, "Oh no! Oh Terry, oh. don't no!" no. <laughs> you know, the whole time, it's like,
0: oh, <laughs> <stop."> <laughs> no,
3: no, "Oh no, no, no,
2: no!" <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but other than that, I enjoyed this match. Other than you know his, yeah. uh, Albert's da- dancing or whatever, whatever those <laughs> movements are, a little you know. Little he can't good. dance. Knocked his dude <laughs> heck right off. Let me tell you,
3: man. Yeah, seeing uh, the the worm spot and the how how into it the crowd was oh, at uh, that yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, that pop was just <clears throat> almost as big as the pop the rock gets for the people's elbow. Yeah. You know, oh, like they're sure. all into it. w o r i was like, I was doing that. I was singing when along. Christian did yeah. it, yeah, <laughs> they were they were into it. You know, so yeah. Props to props to him. Just like you know, having such an over move
1: that's just. Got the crowd
3: exactly yeah. where they needed to be for the rest of the show.
2: Yeah,
1: I say props to uh, Albert too, man. He actually looked like he was carrying that match
2: because I think doing. Albert is super underrated. I feel yeah. like he, he, you could have put him in some like more serious role and he would have thrived. I think at this point, because like I said, he'd been doing X Factor and TNA get it like tits and ass everybody and then prince albert when he debuted and then goes on to be tense like he gets all these goofy ass gimmicks Tensei, but this, this yep. dude is like yeah, this talented dude he's oh man question question for you guys on this one so and I, I think i know where
3: i think devin's brought this up before on our podcast but uh seeing christian with that european championship did mm-hmm. that kyle made you miss the european championship at all
2: no, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? I'm, I'm watching these Rawls and SmackDowns, and I forgot he was European champion. This <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, I forgot. Yeah, right. that's right. He was European champion. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Let me tell you, they, they have, at this point, half the titles that they had like a month previous, because they had all the WCW titles. And then they unified, so they had, like, the United States title. They Mm -hmm. had the cruiserweight and the light heavyweight and all that stuff. And, man, Mm -hmm. but still, it's like they have too many somehow. Um, (laughs) I think the last good European champion was D'Lo Brown. I was just about to Mm -hmm. mention it, That's, like, the last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's pretty much just two teams kind of thrown together. Although there is kind of the underlying story of at Survivor Series, Test was involved in the immunity battle royal, as was Scotty Tuhati. But before the match, Test attacked Scotty to take a spot, because I guess that's how it works. And then Mm -hmm. Test went to go win the Battle Royal, and so now he can't get fired for a year. And that's important (laughs) because it comes up in a great segment later. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, (laughs) outside of that, yeah, so Scotty hits the worm on Test. Christian gets in there, tries to hit the unprettier onto Scotty, but Albert gets in there. And Baldo bombs Christian damn near through the mat. Like, it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, hip-hop hippos, I guess, whatever you want to call them. MC Cracker wins the match. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, any other thoughts on this opener?
1: That it was damn just near? a fun opener? Like, that the crowd was 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 hot for it? Like I said, man, I give props to the Prince Albert, man. He, he's the one that stuck out to me because I felt like he was the one that was really carrying this tag team match between the two
2: teams. Yeah, kind of the beginning of the, un- of the un-Americans as well. If you guys are familiar with them. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. right. That's good shit. With, it's such uh, good shit. Pal. Lance
3: Storm, right? Was Lance Storm part of that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Lance yeah. Storm yeah. and someone from this next match, William Regal, I believe, was a uh... part of it. They couldn't be the Canadians, so they're going to be <laughs> the un-Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh, for the Intercontinental title. We have the champion Edge versus William Regal. Um, this match, I, I don't know if I just had like higher expectations for it, mm-hmm. but it's almost like there was like a gear that it didn't hit mm-hmm. for me. No, I like, agree. It, it was solid, it but agreed. I feel like it, it was nothing special because Edge got yeah. dominated the entire match. I, I was gonna like, say William yeah. Regal dominated that match. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> William William Regal and in, in this era is kind of a weird thing because he's like commissioner, he's playing like the comedic authority role, mm-hmm. but then he turns heel and now we got treat him seriously, and then now he you know. He Tries to get his job back by kissing Vince McMahon's ass. And I guess it works. But so now we're supposed to take him seriously again. He's kind of all over the place at this point. But um, looks good. I mean, like I said, the match was good. We got some good chain wrestling in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Got a fresh edge, uh, fresh baby face edge. Uh, there was one this spot that I, I did like where Edge is basically he's on his back near the ropes. And he basically up kicks Regal over the top rope <laughs> to the floor and then Edge gets on the apron and tries to spear Regal from the apron, but misses and hits the steps. Um, that was pretty much like the the main thing that happened in this match. This this allowed uh, Regal to kind of walk to the other side, pulled out his brass knucks. I guess he had like hidden under the, the stairs or something. Yeah. Um, this is power of the punch era, Regal. And then <laughs> uh, so they get back in the ring, they jostle a little longer, and then uh, Regal gets frustrated, pulls out his Uh, brass knucks from his trunks and goes to hit Edge with it, but then gets hit with a spear out of nowhere. So Edge wins, retains the title. And uh, yeah, like I said, solid match. But maybe I just had too high of expectations for it.
3: Yeah, what's interesting is um, back then, I did not like William Regal at all. I I didn't like I thought he was boring. I thought that, you know, the character was like, eh, okay. Over the years, I've grown to have so much more respect for him you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it comes with age or whatnot, but I just have such a higher appreciation of him now. And then watching this now, 20 years later, I'm like, man, yeah. this dude was good. Like, I, I didn't I didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't understand. Right. Like, just the, the sophistication and the way that he wrestles and just the technical mm-hmm. prowess that he had. I mean, there were other wrestlers that were technical that I loved at that time, too. But for some reason, it just didn't click with me with William Regal at that time. Yeah. But now, I don't know, I just feel like, I just have a greater appreciation for that for that style and for him, and sp- specifically that when I look back, I'm like, man, there were a lot of little things that he would do, like even yeah. just the you said with the with the brass nuts, you know. And uh, I think this is probably one of the times where I thought commentary was was kind of good with uh, Jerry the King Lawler because mm-hmm. he would do a lot, you know, that heel commentary thing of "What do you mean uses the brass nucks? Like, no, I, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about, you know. And it's just one of those fun things that. You know, it, it just just gets you laughing and giggling about. Oh my God! Like really, you didn't see oh, yeah. that. You don't see him doing. <laughs> so it's it's just it was it was fun commentary for him. Helps build that heel character for him. Um, and mm-hmm. was was in terms of the matchup itself. Like you said, high expectations, higher expectations maybe. Um, didn't really feel like it hit that gear, but that entertainment value was enough for me to say, okay, you know, like I I'm having fun still, and I'm enjoying just the nostalgia now. More mm-hmm. so than back then, younger I was like, eh, you know, whatever. This yeah. is this is a whatever matchup. I did appreciate too uh, the Rob Zombie um, uh, track <laughs> yeah. on it for Never Edge. I gotta stop, man. Yeah, That's, that so good. and this man gets the the best music. Like ha- how? Just he's so lucky. Just oh my god. <laughs> man, it's
1: just so cool. Oh, uh,
2: yeah, but even from the, the brood, yeah, and all that.
0: Yeah,
1: stuff. yeah. <laughs> man, but uh. Watching this match with my 36-year-old eyes now compared to my (laughs) 16-year-old self, I Mm -hmm. definitely enjoyed William Regal, even though it stayed in one gear. I just enjoyed from his perspective of, you know, the slow, methodical pace he was going, being very intelligent in the ring, using his wits, you know i like beginning in the beginning of the match when the ref was searching her and make sure he didn't have the brass brass knuckles on him It's mm-hmm. like there's no brass knuckles on me there's nothing nothing and then you yeah, come yeah. to find out he had him stash and wedged in between the it's stairs genius. and the ring poles. i was like oh shit, that's pretty smart that's smart as hell yeah so i enjoyed the little things just like hafiz said man but it had a very anti-climatic finish though you know just a spear like a spear out of nowhere but yeah. after after Edge was getting dominated like throughout the whole match, and just one spear, and it was it. I was like, "Oh wow, that, that's it." Right. Yeah, that, that was it for me, man. But I just enjoyed, you know, William and Regal, though. They're like, we got we
3: yeah. got ten matches on this card. We need to we need to speed this up. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap this up, guys. <laughs> spear, go. All right, bang, bang, all right.
2: boom. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a, a Hardy match to get to. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Man, this I think this could be a whole podcast episode in itself, this no, whole boy. deal here. Yeah. Because um there's a lot going, going on, going on. <laughs> I was a huge Hardy Boys mark during this time. Like they were they were the tippity top for me. And um I expected a lot from this match. But uh man, it's like it felt like a fever dream watching this like <laughs> so this all stems from Survivor series where uh Jeff cost them the match by doing the swanton off the cage when he could have just escaped and they could have won and then, deservingly so, Matt is pissed off at this. So, and then right. the weeks after, he's like, oh, you're you're careless, you, you don't think, you're, you're costing us matches, you're costing my career. So, and then, you know, Lita's in there trying to be the peacemaker, but Matt's kind of being a little abusive to her, whatever. Um, but then, Jeff is kind of just there so it's almost like in the buildup, like I like how they didn't really touch much in the build, which I think is like a concept that is kind of not utilized as much as it should be because you get to see these guys lock up on this pay-per-view for the first time. Mm-hmm. But um, otherwise, the buildup, it was like because Matt, Matt is definitely positioned as the heel here, but neither guy is really giving you a reason to cheer for him at this point i feel like because you understand where matt's coming from how jeff is careless and costing them matches but you also see how matt is being a dick towards jeff and towards lita and all that stuff and then um and i think people just didn't want to see them fight against each other i feel like because if i was watching at the time i would have been like not liking that they're fighting like i wouldn't be cheering for anybody i'd just be wanting it to stop (laughs) and wanting them to get back together which i think they eventually do right think so. A couple times they
3: did, yeah. Because yeah. I know V1, Matt Hardy was still in its... It, it was happening in the future. So, mm-hmm. But I know they broke up, got back together, broke up a couple times, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think they get back together like around Rumble time. But then at the, after WrestleMania and the brand split, they split up. And I think that's when V1 yeah. starts, if uh, I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Version um, one. But yeah, I mean, the match was... I think the, cause the crowd was not into it for whatever reason. Um, I think one reason maybe it felt like just like a like a wrestling match.
3: The style just didn't fit them. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. a very just methodical, slow pace. And you're expecting with the Hardys, it's going to be, you know, high flying moves, yep. fast pace. I mean, honestly, the the matchup uh, later on with Big Show and Kane, that tag match, oh was God. faster paced <laughs> yeah. than this match was, which is crazy <laughs> yeah. to think of with you're two right. heavyweights. You know, so I think the crowd was just kind of like, there's a lot of things. What you said about people just loving the Hardys and not really feeling like, oh, I... I hate either one for any, whatever reason. Um, it, it was just kind of an awkward feeling. Like, then I remember feeling like, oh, this sucks, you know, that, yeah. that Matt and Jeff are fighting. And I had the same feeling now. You know, watching it 20 years later, I'm just, I just felt awkward about it. Like, this is uncomfortable, you know, watching these two fight. And it just mm-hmm. didn't feel, it felt a little forced to say, hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have the Matt and Jeff fight each other? You know, they've been tagging up forever. And maybe this dynamic, yeah. you know, but... It just wasn't. It didn't. It didn't feel right for for them. And then the pacing of the match, just on its own, the match was just like, yeah, yeah. It didn't. It didn't really fit them.
2: Yeah. No. Exactly. I think you're going into it like you said. You're, you're expecting high spots. You're expecting ladders and all that stuff. But you just get uh, you know, wrist locks and uh, yeah. headlocks and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, it picks up a little bit towards the end where uh, Jeff goes for a, a sunset flip powerbomb to the outside onto Matt, but um. Oh no! Sorry, Matt goes for it on Jeff, but Jeff reverses into a hurricanrana. Um, they get back in the ring. Jeff tries to do his little front flip into the ring, but jams his knee up, which plays into the story of it—how his carelessness kind of cost him success. Which I did like that—that that, how they played that up in this match. Um, Jeff—I'll say this about Jeff though: there's not a lot of people that are better sellers than Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. I don't this think.
3: Is true. Yes.
2: Yes. Like I said, he, he jammed his leg up, so he can't. You know, he went for a planche on the outside, but he. Couldn't do it because later his leg. on, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he just kind of hobbled over for like a weak baseball slide, which all made sense, you know, based on what happened. Um, and throughout this match, Matt reinforces that he's the heel by uh trying to cheat, trying to hold the ropes, turn pins, tying up Jeff in the ropes, holding submissions, uh, for a full five count. And Lita's getting upset at him, and then he's getting upset at Lita. Um, that's another thing about this match, that I think, kind of made it awkward is that the crowd was pretty much just chanting for Lita. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think yeah. she was the star of this yeah. match. But by right. the way, the special guest <laughs> referee, I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but yeah, she's the referee in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end, Jeff hits the swanton, pins Matt, one, two, three, Matt gets his foot on the bottom rope, but Jeff pulls it off without Lita seeing it. And uh, Matt is irate at Lita, and then they argue and then kind of just saunter to the back. So yeah, just a weird match, I think.
1: Yeah, I I remember because I was heavily heavily into tag teams back then, and yeah, the Hardy Boys me too. was one of my favorite tag teams. And just seeing this, it sucked. I didn't like it, and then it fast, and then you know, fast forward to you know now, twenty years now, I still didn't like it. You know, uh, I the little the little things that I did like in this match was just from Matt. You know, little char- little small character. You know. Uh, mm-hmm issues he had with Lita or his brother, all that leading up in the in little promos. That was crazy. I forgot that they got into him and Jeff and they actually pushed Lita to the floor uh, to yeah. the ground. I was like, holy shit, that's, that's kind of wild. So I was like, man, I completely forgot about that. But uh, man, this, this match to this day still sucks for me. <laughs> I didn't, like yeah. <laughs> didn't like it. Didn't like it. Like you said, the two styles didn't really click, but Matt, I felt like Matt was trying to force his brother to wrestle, like grounded. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I think that's why it didn't
2: work. Right. But yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, it's just like, it's almost like they're, it's because it's weird to say that brothers don't have chemistry, but it's almost like they, there's too much pressure on them. Like they, they knew, they expected everybody to expect them to have chemistry. So I think it just, maybe it was too much for them at this point in their careers. Yeah, I think the, I the WrestleMania match several years later I think was a lot better. I think that's what people were expecting with this one.
3: Right, right. Yeah, that, it's funny you say the the chemistry because that is exactly what I was thinking about when I was watching this match. Like, it's weird that they seem like they just don't know how to work with each other in, in a matchup against each other. Like, it just felt like things were off a little bit. The, the pacing was off. Um, you know, still, I mean, they're they're both charismatic as hell especially Jeff Mm -hmm. you know like you said the selling you know with Jeff was great it's just I don't know it just felt a little bit off but credit to Matt you know overall for sticking with it you know playing into this heel character it's funny the logic behind you know why he was upset made total sense to me you know watching it now I don't remember how I felt about it then I don't think I was even paying attention to that I was just mad that they were fighting each other but watching it again, it's like, yeah, you know, it it makes sense that Jeff would take that risk um, to hit that swanton. And then Matt would be like, no, just climb out the cage and we win. And mm-hmm. then, you know, this whole thing, I'm like, yeah, Matt, I, I, I totally get it. Like, he's not even really healed to me from that standpoint. It's It's more of how he's you know, treating Lita and, you know, berating both of them and, you know, saying, hey, if you love me, you'll be on my side no matter what. Like, whoa, calm down. Like, (laughs) So, you know, just I feel like there were some story elements that kind of made it somewhat interesting looking back at it now. Um, Mm -hmm. But it just overall, yeah, it just kind of fell flat. And to your point, you know, later on as they, you know, got to work with each other a little bit more in a different dynamic against each other. It made mm-hmm. for, for better matches
2: to come. Yeah. Yeah. And both these guys are, are new to the singles game relatively at this point, which is crazy because, you know, Jeff would go on to have that classic match with The Undertaker like a few months after this, I think. And then, like we said, Matt has all V1 thing, which is yeah. arguably the best thing he ever did oh, in his man. career. I love
3: V1, Matt. Hardy. <laughs> so
2: good, dude. So good. But um, I'll tell you what was not good. It's this next segment here. So Trish Stratus ah, yeah, yeah. is walking backstage. Yeah. Oh, she, uh, She knocks on the Rock's locker room and he walks, she walks in, uh, tells him that uh, she loved how he shoved Vince's face in the Rikishi's ass on SmackDown and all that stuff. I'm all the time thinking is like, Trish, don't you have a match you should be like preparing for? Like, why are you lollygagging backstage talking to the Rock? Right. Um, But then uh, they, they kind of go back and forth with their dialogue, whatever they say. Um, But then ultimately Rock says that Trish is going to smell what he's cooking, and then he uh pulls his pants up, you know. It's <laughs> like, right so, yeah, so I guess she's gonna she's gonna smell his penis. is that is that what we're, is that what we're doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> Two
1: thousand one was a
3: wild Ew, time. Man. I'm t- it's wild. It's wild <laughs> to think about what they were doing back then, and looking at there's no way there's no way you could do. What's funny about this too is that. That segment was probably one of the least worst things that would happen Mm. involving, you know, women on this on this show. And that in itself is like, oh, my God. Wow. But later on, the things we would see, I I just I felt like I just continued to cringe more and more and more (laughs) more as the show went on when it came to the female competitors, when it came to, you know, Stacey Giebler. And then we'll we'll talk about Trish again during her match. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just it, it, it blows my mind to think about it. you know, oh, it's cringe,
2: think, cringe for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but hey, at least no women got like got their skirts pulled down and spanked in the middle of oh shit. <laughs> never mind. Uh, so this next match we have the WWF world Tag team titles on the line. We have a uh, Kane and Big Show versus the Dudley Boys with the Duchess of Dudleyville Stacy Keebler accompanying them. Um, yeah, you know, weird. Just you know, Kane and Big Show were just thrown together. It was a weird period in Big Show's career, too. Yeah. He, he was kind of yeah. directionless at this point. Yeah. So was Kane, too. Kane always felt like the second to Undertaker, but now the Undertaker's heel, which we'll get to later, it's almost like he kind of separated from that a little bit. Um, so, but like, like, like you guys mentioned earlier, this match was better. It was better than I expected it to be. And it was a higher pace than the Hardy match that we saw before this, <laughs> somehow. I um, it. <laughs> don't. The <laughs> uh, beginning, we see Kane and Big Show dominate, obviously because they're giants. Uh, both Dudleys get knocked to the outside. Kane hits a clothesline from the top rope to the outside. Man, this spry young Kane. Mm-hmm. This is a sight oh, yeah. to see.
3: It's nice to see Kane twenty years earlier. Yeah, man. That, that dude can move off. <laughs> oh man.
2: <laughs> old uh, old Mayor Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> man, but uh so so this this prompts Stacey Keebler to get into the ring. She's upset for some reason. Uh but Big Show walks up behind her, pulls her skirt down, bends her over his knee, and spanks her. Crowd loves it. They loved it. They yeah. love it. Yeah. I, um. Yeah. Just, any any further analysis on that spot?
3: No. I mean, I, <laughs> you just, said it, and it, yeah. it happened, and it'll never happen again. But, you know, never. I, I just... I'm surprised that, Peacock to, to allowed, to,
1: allowed
3: this. <laughs> well, that's another thing, too. I thought mm-hmm. that, that Peacock, there were going to be some things that they were censoring, you know, because it didn't go with their, you know, uh, whatever theme or whatever. And, yeah, just... I was I was shocked. I was like, "Whoa, that happened! Oh my god!" You know, yeah. and then just the reactions, and yeah, the king, forget it. Like he's just gonna run with that, like oh. no other. Oh, so god. yeah, man, it's just it's just wild to to see that, and yeah, it's just it was just nonstop. It was just nonstop at that time, and it's just we're in a totally different yeah. different world now.
2: Boy, yeah, it was like it was like attitude era like residue because it's like kind of it's like this weird period in the early two thousands where it's still like very. Risque in a lot of ways, but it's, like, poorly done a lot of times. <laughs> um, but the match continues on. The Dudleys hit the waza headbutt to uh, Kane. Uh, so they get the momentum a little bit. But ultimately, Kane goes for a top rope clothesline on the Devon, But Devon moves out of the way, and Kane accidentally hits Big Show, causing friction between them. So how are these guys going to get along? Uh, this continues later in the match, towards the end when uh, Kane is on the apron, but Big Show accidentally runs into him and knocks him off. This allows the Dudleys to take advantage. Devon hangs up Big Show on the top rope by his throat. And then, I kind of like the finish, so they basically take off a turnbuckle pad, exposing the steel, and they hit, I guess they were, it's implied that it's a 3D, but it was really like a double flapjack. Face first into the exposed steel, and pins Big Show, so the Dudleys win, and retain the titles and uh ultimately it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things this match um other than just giving the Dudleys another win solidifying their title reign um but for what it was I enjoyed it I think
1: it was a good match like they had good chemistry between yeah. the two tag teams I actually like I actually enjoyed the the strong loss for Big Show you know you, had, you know uh, the Dudley boys Dudley Boy's exposed to turnbuckles, so when they do the 3D, his head butt, and they, you know, commentators are selling that. So I'm like, cool, cool, that's a strong finish. But man, mm-hmm. I forgot how in sync at times Big Show and Kane were, man. I was like, wow, these yeah. guys move very well. Especially Kane, he's on the top rope, diving. I'm like, holy shit, Kane, yeah. I forgot <laughs> you, man, man. Young self. You was just right. jumping all over, you know, doing 50-yard so awesome. dashes, all that good stuff, man. But it was it was a fun match. Besides, you know, the Stacey Keebler, you know, probably my 16-year-old self didn't mind. That's the, one of the things I <laughs> overlooked. But now I'm 36, wiser, calmer. I'm like, oh, shit, this is, this is kind of effed up right now it's <laughs> <You know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty un- un- unnecessary right unnecessary like if i wanted to watch this with my daughter i'd be like uh you know what let's fast forward through this part <laughs> right yeah skip a couple let's of scenes this, this ain't for you yeah.
2: <laughs> But yeah, so that it was you know, a quick match, whatever. But it's crazy. We say, you know, that's whatever match. But we have like four Hall of Famers in here, five if you count Stacy, <laughs> arguably, and then you have like yeah. Matt and Jen. Like this, this whole show is loaded. It's star studded. Oh my goodness! Yeah, from a Hall
3: of Fame standpoint, this is <laughs> ridiculous. When you look at this on paper, like good yeah. Lord,
2: <laughs> insane. But uh, including this next match, which is probably my personal match of the night. Uh, funny enough, it's for the Hardcore title. We have the <laughs> champion. Rob Van Dam versus The Undertaker. Not just Undertaker, short hair Undertaker. Yes. Um n- newly heel just uh, a whole new look to him, you know, we have had, you know, the whole a run he he was on the team WWF with in the whole invasion kind of like understated throughout that whole storyline. I mean, they they had the match with Chronic. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that at oh all. My god. It's just stuff like that, but now he's got something I think he can like sink his teeth into. This whole new character. Um, I should mention he turned heel because uh, I think I I briefly mentioned it earlier, where uh, Vince McMahon was trying to get Jr. to join the Kiss My Ass Club. Jr. didn't want to do it, which you know Undertaker comes out. He's like uh, Jr., do you think that makes you better than me? Something along those lines, and then you know Taker beats up Jr. and turns heel, but crowd doesn't really want to boo Taker at this point. I'm thinking. I don't know if that's what you guys kind of got from this. I'm thinking that, too. Yeah, yeah, Taker's
3: one of those guys that, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of like Stone Cold. You, you, Yeah, you can try to make them heal, but it's it's parts we love them so much, and parts they're just so damn charismatic that they make yeah. a heel character cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the American badass character is just like, oh, okay, you know, cool, and then You know, him just even during this matchup, some of his facial expressions and things he was saying in the crowd, Mm -hmm. you know, people chanting RVD. He's like, yeah, RVD's getting his ass kicked. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is great, man.
2: (laughs) He seemed like he was having fun out there. He was. He was on
1: the time of his life.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, I don't even think he did his heel run last that long. I'm trying to remember.
2: it went to at least WrestleMania because I know when he, he faced Ric Flair and he was, it was when he was like beating the hell out of his son in the bathroom uh, or some weird yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But then they had like the whole match with Jeff Hardy. But I know by like when Brock Lesnar comes around, they have their whole feud and then he's a babyface there. But yeah, it's was, it was kind of a weird uh heel period for Undertaker. But I i loved it because, um, like I said, he, he, you could tell he's enjoying what he's doing and that translates to the viewer coming down to Limp Biscuit music. You know, that's like the most fake oh, music ever. Man. rolling, rolling, roll. You supposed to boo
1: this, man? Loved it, no. loved it. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's the thing, too, and I think they eventually change it. I don't know when they change it, but it's like, you know what, Limp biscuit, you can't boo Limp Biscuit. I think that's what they thought.
3: <laughs> but then it was, uh, what, Kid Rock, American Badass? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't even remember which one came from, but both of those songs, for him, too, it's just like, mm-hmm. this is just still cool. He's cool, whatever, whatever he does.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, so they fight in the. A lot of, pretty much all this match occurs outside of the ring. It's a hardcore match, of course. Uh, they immediately get to the crowd. Uh, there's a, a point where someone has a Mexican flag in the crowd, Taker takes it and chokes RVD with it. Which is <laughs> something about an, two Americans using a Mexican flag to choke one another. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Got to improv, I guess, somehow. Right. <laughs> they fight all through the crowd. Uh, They get, like, towards, like, the corner, like, kind of by the entranceway. RVD does a crazy crossbody off of the little, like, uh, I don't know what you call it, entranceway. It's, like, from a 10-foot crossbody onto Taker. Uh, Gets a two count. And then, you know, this is the point where Taker's, like, jowl jacking with the crowd and all that stuff. Um, They get to the stage eventually where there's, like, a lot of, like, crazy spots, especially for the time you have, like, taker going for the last ride on the stage but rvd grabs the little trusses and climbs up it you know jumps on the taker you see a, uh, a rolling thunder on the stage mm-hmm. a van Di- van terminator, terminator on the stage yep um and then the finish was great okay. i thought so yeah basically taker goes for a tombstone onto rvd but rvd gets out of it Takes a steel chair that Taker had gotten previously. He takes it to the chair, throws it at Taker, and uh, RVD goes for the Van Terminator, but misses. Looks smooth as hell. This whole like kind of interaction here, and Taker just grabs him by the fucking throat and chokeslams him off the stage through the tables oh, below. No crash pads here, just no, tables. No, that's all tables table and right wires, there. and <laughs> <laughs> which I don't even know if that's like better. I mean, I'm sure it's not as comfy to take than a crash pad, but it's almost like, man, it just looks so much more brutal than like yeah. the, the a black, a mysterious black pad. Right. Yeah. Know, going through it, but, uh, that gets the win, um, for taker undertaker is your new hardcore champion. <laughs> what a time, man. I don't know how long this title even lasts after this, but uh, it's something I don't, I don't remember.
3: I just, I just love though undertaker, the look on undertaker's face, when he choke slammed RVD, he just had this, like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, oh. And then he goes down there, like, slowly yeah. gets down yeah. there. Referee counts to three, and he's still like, oh, oh. Like, I'm like, hey, what is, what is going on in your mind right now? Like, what are you thinking about that's yeah. making you have this facial expression? And then he, but it, then it starts to go into this, like, heelish, like, evil laugh, like, hey, 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 yeah. Then, then I'm like, Take you like you yeah. said, he was having a good time. He was enjoying himself throughout the mm-hmm. matchup and just I think doing something different than he had done in, in, in years and years with the dead man uh gimmick you with this, it was like, all right, you know, I get to I get to try and experiment and play around with things and yeah man, yeah. I, I loved it. Your your point about match of the night. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about like which one was match of the night, but I think I enjoyed this one as much as one other part of this show. But mm-hmm. this this right here was just it was gold. It was gold.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Same man.
2: Yeah, because you know, Taker's always had charisma, obviously. But I think I feel like this this heel run allowed him to tap into a different kind of charisma, which I yeah. think is just, like you said, it was something new and different for him to do.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Because when do you ever see the Undertaker before the the badass gimmick? You know, jaw jacking with the crowd. Usually, he's just this silent yeah, yeah. warrior type. And He's jacking with the crowd. Like, he getting his ass kicked. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yes, sir. Yes, oh, yes. Right, right, man. Yes, yes. Like, good oh job. My God. I ass. was enjoying this. I think he had changed his weight because he used to be more, a little bit more, his body was a little bit more soft. Now he was a little bit more muscular now. Mm-hmm. So even that was right. looking more intimidating with the with the short hair, like that biker. Well, that last character. ride finish,
3: <sighs> I, I got to say, that's arguably the, the scariest finisher that he has. Like the yeah. tombstone, you know, mm-hmm. compacting somebody's neck—that's some scary shit. Like, yeah, like right. no doubt. But there's something about the impact that he gives when he does the yeah, lifting yeah, him up yeah. and yeah. then yeah. slamming the guy down. Man. Holy shit! I was every time he would do that to people. I'm like, oh, oh you know, <laughs> I had to brace myself. Like, damn. Because he's like got seven foot tall, right? Yeah. 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 Imagine how high up the guy's got to be when he's taking that. <laughs> wow, looking down like, holy shit, oh, I signed up for this? What's happening? <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's too high,
1: bro. It's too high. Yeah. <laughs> this is never again. Just tombstone next time. Oh, man. <laughs> Small <laughs> package next time. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> almost forgot. Just roll up. Roll up. <laughs> almost forgot like, oh, yeah, we're still doing hit. Chair shots to the head. You know when they had like yeah. the garbage can, and I was like on the head. I'm like, oh shit, because I'm so used to the back now. Everything is just the yeah, back. Yeah. You know, this it's is just boring when
2: you see it now. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that was like, holy shit. Yeah, this is right. <laughs> this is this is to the head. We still doing. To, I'm gonna bust your head He's to the White show. You know, <laughs> 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 but this match was this match was fun. I love the ending when you know uh, Van when Robin Dam's going for the Van Terminator and he misses the, you know. Basically, he did like a Matrix move, Undertaker, yeah. choke slam, bow, and you see Rob Van Dam just sleep. Just, he is yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Snoring. Yeah,
2: he is. He is. Seeing it. this
3: matchup, you know, it made me just kind of think like, wow, Rob Van Dam, he was such a, like an ECW, you know, he was amazing. He was amazing. And, you know, his WWF run, I feel like it never quite lived up to what I thought in my head he would have been like. Like, I always put him mm-hmm. in that category of like a like a Shawn Michaels kind of guy who could just get a crowd going nuts and, you know, just yeah. uber-talented, uber-charismatic. We just never got that. Like, this match was arguably one of his best matches during his entire run yeah. in the WWF, if you look back at it. So, it, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy.
2: Yeah, RVD had an incredible 2001 in the company. He came in, he was... He wasn't supposed to get over. He just got over organically. Yeah. <laughs> his matches with Jeff Hardy were incredible. Um, He had a match with Jericho. That was awesome. And they had a whole thing with Steve Austin and Kurt Angle. Like, he was in the main event fighting for the world title. Like, this dude that was just supposed to be a number in the alliances, that he just, right. you know, rose to the top <laughs> just, just based on how him. good he was. Yeah. Um, But it's funny you mention that. Like, his, his career in general and how it didn't really live up to that hype. I'm almost wondering, like... Did this match was this was this his peak? Like, did this? I want to say, did this match kill RVD? Because he went on to have you know he he you know ended up winning the WWE title and intercontinental titles and stuff right. like that. He was always on. He was always doing something, right? But it's almost like he lost a lot of momentum after this. I think.
3: Yeah, he so he lost a lot of momentum after this, and there was there was that that opportunity with that one night stand pay per view where mm-hmm. he beat what well, John, John Cena for the yeah. championship to become champion and I just remember thinking oh my god they're finally doing this they're finally going to give RVD that run and then mm-hmm. it just didn't happen and then after that I feel like yeah he just he just kind of became one mm-hmm. of one of the guys again so yeah
2: yeah cuz i know towards the end of 2002 once the brand extension happens he's on raw and i think it's like no mercy 02 where he faces triple h for the world title and then he's involved in that first elimination chamber for the world title but then after that he kind of sinks back into like the intercontinental facing like christians and shelton benjamins and stuff like that but he always kind of like falls into the wwe formula yeah kind of sort of because at this point he's doing all this wildest shit right but eventually kind of you know you, get, you know his moves he hits his greatest hits and then that's pretty much it but
3: you know, so for some reason, when I think of RVD's run a little bit, I, I'm actually think a current guy. You know, that reminds me of that is, is Ricochet in WWE right, right mm-hmm, now. Hearsay. You know, it's kind of similar where they come in with a lot of hype. You know, big indie star, group super yeah. athletic, people love him, but then just doesn't quite get over with maybe just with Vince. You know, like the fans yeah. love him, but I don't know. Just kind of similar similar situations. I feel, but RVD definitely reached a higher height than ricochet has yet to so maybe Ricochet yeah. still can do that at least but yeah it's just i kind of put them in that same category like man like this is there was there's potential there that i can see that most fans can see mm-hmm. that it just there's something about them that Vince just it doesn't quite catch them i guess i don't know
2: yeah yeah, there's a certain level of charisma. Like RVD had charisma. RVD was great on the mic, especially in he ECW. Was. But I feel oh, like we yeah. never really let him go as hard as he did in ECW. And Ricochet, even he's not—I don't, I don't think he's as good as RVD on the mic. But he has a, a level of charisma that I think can be tapped into. But yes. which I'm, I don't really watch Raw a lot at this point. But it seems like the stuff he's doing with <laughs> <Who> Sheamus. <does? laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> you know? right. So I'm not gonna—I don't want to come off like the expert or anything. But he's, he seems like he's been doing a lot of good stuff with
3: Sheamus recently. Yeah. So yeah. maybe. I've been, I've appreciated just seeing him on television. Like I'll take it, you know, if this is what we're going to do having with Seamus and Seamus is doing great work and you know, Mm -hmm. the great heel work right now. So I'll, I'll take it. I think it's great. He's on TV.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then after that, we have a uh, backstage segment. So there's actually two segments during the show with Ric Flair in his office. Um, but they're essentially the same thing. So we'll just talk about them at the same time. So you have a first Kurt angle barges into Ric Flair's office tells Ric Flair, it's like, I don't know, it, it popped me this segment. He's like, I'm going to win the title. And Ric Flair's like, okay. No, no, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go win the title. I, I believe you. I believe you. It's just like I, I'm going to do it. I will. I will. I'm going to do it. Go, go, go do it. Oh, man. Yeah, Kurt Angle. Not is just Kurt got Angle. It. His humor just hits me right on the funny yes. bone, whatever yeah. it is.
3: It was funny. He's like, I'm going to kick Stone Cold's butt. I'm going to, I'm going to like, just the way he won't curse and he won't, like during Attitude Era, people don't care. They're saying all sorts of stuff, but he makes sure he sticks to his character. He keeps it PG all the time. I'm going to kick Stone Cold's butt. And I'm just like, (laughs) so Kurt Angle.
1: Oh man. Love it. Love it. Oh
2: God. (laughs) He's all hyped up on 2% or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. That was his thing. The milk.
2: Lots of lactose running through those veins.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Love
2: him. Uh, uh, and you have Jericho essentially doing the same thing. Um, they both claim that... It's funny. They both are like, Flair, you've never been the undisputed WWE world champion. It's like, yeah, we literally we literally just created that. We're, this is the first time anybody anybody has a chance. No one's <laughs> like, ever done this. But Flair's won. Well, he's the he's a 16-time champ at this point, right? And he's, yeah, he was you know, a 14-time Won time, every title actually. under the sun. Yeah. Was he 14 times? Yeah, he was 14 times. Well, whatever at that it point. Is. yeah. I think he's won more at this point than all of the four guys combined. So it's like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> who, who are you talking to Ric Flair that he hasn't won this specific title? Um, but uh, yeah, man. So after that, we have a barn burner here. The WWF Women's Championship <laughs> is on the line. Perfect. Oh, my god! <laughs> Something That's was burning. Oh. Made my pee burn this match. Wow. It's, uh, wow. It was a... Uh, I hated the commentary. Was the the women's division. Yeah. <laughs> it was, we could literally just go through the commentary, and that would be like... <laughs> the, it would sum up the match better than any words that I could say. But the women's division was... Uh, it was nothing it was, at it this was, point. It was lacking, for sure. Bleed this is actually sure. fresh. So, China. Was the champion at WrestleMania, and then she defended against Alita at Judgment Day two months after that, and there was like a several month period. The whole Invasion, there was no no women's title because it was at that point China had left the company with the title, so it was essentially vacant. But there was no reference to it on the show. No really women's ma- they had bra and panties matches with like Stacy and Tori coming in from mm-hmm. WCW and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it was it was really like an a, a, not even a rebuilding period, a building period. Um, but you have people like Jazz come in. She she debuted at Survivor mm-hmm. Series. You have Jacqueline, who's a serviceable. Mm-hmm. You have Ivory. You have you have some good talent. You have Lita, obviously. But um, yeah, Trish here was very green, oh, and that was yes. very evident yes. in this match. Yeah, man, it was um. So there was really no story to it. It was just like a women's match to have. It was yeah. pretty much a let up match in between. Matches get to get ready for the main event. Um, it was maybe like two minutes. I don't know how long it was, but uh, you know, there's a na- one spot where Trish goes for a chip kick, but then Jacqueline like leg sweeps her, which was like more athletic than I expected coming out of this match, and it like looked nasty. Yeah. I don't know how Trish <laughs> made it out in one piece, but uh, crowds chanting puppies the whole time. Yeah. So was Jerry Lawler really yep. on commentary? Countless times. Kind of- <laughs> He's, uh, King, King, King's wondering if Trish has a black brawl on or not. Yeah, the
3: entire yeah, that's time, that's oh all he can focus on.
2: It's Damn. very evident. Yeah. <laughs> very. Yeah. It's funny when he, he comes back every now and then to commentate, and he, like, he, like tries to hold that back. <laughs> you <laughs> can like, tell. You can feel yeah. it
3: coming from him. Like, oh, he wants to say something, but he knows he yeah. can't.
2: Uh, every once in a while he gets a ramen noodle moonsault (laughs) um says that he wants the puppies to come out to play all that says something about him being pointers Mm -hmm. you know but uh other than that in the background we have a really clunky wrestling match going on uh trish wins with a backslide out of nowhere kind of like a botchy kind of finish but it's over (laughs) trish wins and uh they yeah. shake hands. Do they? No, yeah, no, they I,
3: shook hands at the end. I walked know. away halfway through this match. I don't know <laughs> <what
2: happened.
3: laughs> I mean, so it's interesting, you know, just looking at the women's division then and where we're at now. It's like, oh, my God, just so much day. has changed, you know, in terms of and evolved when it comes to women's wrestling. Um, I commend JR a lot during this matchup because he actually just tried to call the matchup mm-hmm. and tried to actually focus on it. You know, and with all the distractions, with the crowd chanting puppies, with Jerry continuously, you know, trying to get JR to talk about the black bra. Is it a black bra? I think I saw a black bra. Like JR <laughs> is, bra. is calling moves and actually calling the match. So, you mm-hmm. know, this that just props to him for even at that time, you know, still keeping the focus and, and trying to help. Because in the ring, even though it was botchy and it was rough they're really trying hard to yeah, put together hard for sure. a, a, a clean wrestling match. They're, they're mm-hmm. trying their best to, to do their, what they can. And, you know, it's like the the beginnings of this becoming like an actual thing in WWF, WWE later on that, you know, we'll, we will put more of a focus on women's wrestling with people like Trisha at the forefront, you know, and Lita, you know, and, and other stars later on. Um, so, but yeah, it was, it was it was hard to to watch, you know, from a, like, oh man, people are chanting puppies at this time and, and mm-hmm. Jerry and all that, you know. But then I, I look at it as, this is kind of, looking back at it, you have an appreciation for where we are at now, yeah. given seeing how, how it was then. You know, and man, the work that, that they've
1: had to do to get us to this point, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, this match was very cringe that towards the end, I, I muted my TV. I was annoyed. Bro. <laughs> I was annoyed by the king. He was you. literally annoying me, saying puppies and the crowd was getting to it. I was just trying to focus on the wrestling because I was just like, hmm. man, I was really intrigued. Like, man, Trish really came a long way. And you could see how Jackie was just leading her and trying to trying to groom yeah. her into becoming the wrestler she is. And you know, when Jazz came in, I think that's when Trish really took another huge step forward mm-hmm. when her and her and Jazz got really got into the mix. But, you know, this match was very cringe. It's just, it's just, you know, if Twitter was around back then, they'd have a field day with this, bro, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, you know, to to Hafiz's point, JR really was trying to focus on the wrestling, even after the match, when he was saying, you know, hey, I can't wait to these ladies meet again, and then, of mm-hmm. course, the king had to say something stupid again after that. But, you know, here's yeah. what it is now, in this time, yeah, with that time.
2: It- yeah, it's it's crazy because this past weekend I just randomly watched WrestleMania 19, and there was a triple threat on that show. It was Trish versus Jazz versus Victoria, and I don't really remember a lot about the match. So I was watching it and I was like, "It's a pretty damn good match." Like it was like night and day from yeah. what this match was. It was like a really cohesive, like it felt like something you would see today, really. Yeah. So it was like it was like a roughly a year after this, yeah. so. She definitely gonna, made strides in a quick mm-hmm. period of time. I think I
3: was gonna bring up Victoria that because Victoria and Trish too, they had some great uh, feuds and rivalries. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a hardcore match that they had too, yeah. where it was just brutal oh God, and brutal. like they they went at it. I feel like the crowd too, even at that time, was like noticing, like, "Hey, whoa, there's something happening yeah. here. This is kind of crazy." So yeah, just props, props to props to them for you know being able to see this again. Just, you know, just gives gives me that appreciation for where they are now
2: yeah for sure um but then after that we get like a four or five minute recap of vince mcmahon kissing rikishi's ass (laughs) like we didn't get enough of the (laughs) of the review from the opening (laughs) was like why (laughs) i thought this i thought that the women's match was the time for people to kind of regroup but apparently not we need more ass on this show um but that brings us to uh the main event well like the basically the main event three, three matches part, three part main event <laughs> correct yes essentially a uh, four person tournament to crown the first ever undisputed champion so they are merging together the wwf title and the world title so we have uh steve austin kurt angle and then we have the rock versus jericho uh steve steve austin versus kurt angle is the first one and um man we t- you talked about how Stone Cold and Kurt Angle had chemistry you know, on the mic and in their promos and all that. But they had really good chemistry in the ring as well. I think yeah. it kind of flies under the radar because this is kind of around the time where it's Austin and Rock and Austin and Triple H. People don't really think, because th- when they think of Austin and Kurt Angle, they think of the, the cowboy hats and the, the banjo or whatever the, whatever the <laughs> hell it is. But they had like SummerSlam 01 was one of my favorite matches of all time between those two. Um, then they had the match where Kurt won the title in Pittsburgh. Then they had another match and this match here, even though it was like a third, basically of the main event, I thought it was a damn good match between these two.
3: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, that's a great point about their chemistry. You could feel it from the moment that that Stone Cold gets in the ring and Mm -hmm. him and Kurt are staring at each other. That stare down. I felt it.
1: I was like, oh, man,
3: this is awesome. You know, and they go; they're going back and forth. You know, the methodical pace at first, but the storytelling—like I, all I could think to myself is, Stone Cold is still so pissed about Kurt Angle betraying the mm-hmm. him in the alliance. <laughs> like he's just—he just can't stand Kurt Angle anymore, and just that just was so just in the eyes. The storytelling from both of these guys—it was great. The the one-upsmanship, you know, mm-hmm. with the wrestling. Um, Stone Cold doing the rolling uh, German suplexes on Kurt Mm -hmm. Angle. Just crazy. I mean, just such a great match back and forth throughout. Um, Loved uh, Kurt Angle hits the the angle slam. uh, Stone Cold kicks out, and he's livid, and he's jumping up like a little kid having that tantrum, (laughs) like, come on, get up, get up. Man, again, just the character work from Kurt Angle. It's just I don't think he gets enough credit. Period. Like I just think that yeah. Kurt Angle is just so underrated still, just for what what he did as a, as a character. Um, but yeah, just just great matchup, fun matchup. Like I could I could watch that over and over again.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah Kurt Angle reminds me of because how how they was going down his ac- accomplishments. You know how he got everything so quick. I think within what three or five years being champion. It reminds me of mm-hmm. AJ Styles how he first came in the WWE. 2016 mm-hmm. you know and yeah the, in that run he had you know these matches he had with john cena that run he had with the wwe title on smackdown being one of the longest reigning champions you know and then now being a grand slam champion too because he's been intercontinental u.s u.s champion tag team champion now he did that within mm-hmm. a short amount of time it reminds me like man, this is very similar to like kurt angle man and kurt angle mm-hmm. man this dude this dude was yeah. wrestling, bro. I was like, Man, the, the beautiful moonsault he did. I was like, Oh my god, that was just Oof. so graceful. And I had to, I had to like, let me rewind so it. It was just so smooth, <laughs> so elegant. I was like, How? Yeah, it just it was just, I was just so amazed by Ooh. it, man. And then it's the wrestling between, yeah, and then the wrestling between him and Stone Cold, like Stone Cold with the simple wrestling moves, you know, him twisting his arm and just yanking it. Yank it. I'm like, yeah. I remember those wrestling moves. How come I don't see that today? You no, know, I used to do that. I used to do that on my little sister. You know, yeah. hey, let me twist your arm. Yanking! Arm it. Yank it. <laughs> right. All right.
2: Yeah. You, know, you just might sing. think it, we'll finish a match by like headlock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like man, but these guys were had awesome chemistry, and I noticed that they was calling calling the moves on the fly. Because at times you could see them mm. kind of just mouthing out these moves like they're John Cena, but. You know, (laughs) but I was just impressed like, man, there's not even it's not it's not even going through a script. They are calling this. They're calling this live like minute, like second by second.
2: So I was just impressed by that, man. Yeah, it just all ties into that chemistry, man. It was was next level. It's almost like Kurt brought out a different side of Stone Cold because with Stone Cold matches, you know, especially in this era, it'd be a lot of like brawling in the crowd and brawling in the aisleway and punching and punching and kicking. But it's like when it was him and Kurt, it was like a wrestling match. I was like, damn, this is like stunning Steve Austin again. Like, it was, it was awesome master. to see. Yeah, it's yes. hard to forget
3: like Stone Cold, he's, he's got that technical side to him. Like one of his greatest matches ever mm-hmm. was with Bret Hart, you know, and just that's kind of the, the match that that made him get to that next level of like superstardom and and people just loving him no matter what. Walked into that match a heel, walked out a face like it's yeah. crazy. So, you know, just Stone Cold, in a way, like, he's he's definitely gotten his due. But there's certain aspects that I think sometimes we can – I can forget. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's in there with a technical guy. She can hang with him. He's in there with a brawler. Oh, hell yeah. That's – that's yeah. he can hang with him. Like, he's just so, <laughs> you know, like, like flexible in that way with so many different styles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just have an appreciation for him big time. With Kurt Angle, one more thing I want to say about him, too, is that, yeah. you know – Technical wrestlers, I think, had this thing about them where they were always just super focused on the wrestling, but their characters were very basic and bland. You know, like, you have your, I mean, your Chris Benoit and your Bret Hart's and guys like Dan Severn. Yeah. It's just Ken Shamrock, you know? Like, you come in and you are technical. That's your thing. That's your character is. You're an actual wrestler or an actual fighter, but not much in terms of like charismatic or over the top yeah. character. With Kurt, I feel like he was one of the the first guys that blend the two in his own way. Like mm-hmm. he's super technical, Olympic gold medalist, won't let you forget it, but then he's mm-hmm. also funny <laughs> as shit. Like he, the milk truck thing and all the things oh. we we're talking about, the little nuances with his character staying PG in this attitude era, you know, like it's yeah. just a- amazing, you know, just the the level of being able to blend that great character work with this great wrestling in a way that to me, I, there wasn't another guy that I could say, oh, he did it like Kurt. Like it's just, he's one no of the
2: Yeah, is Yeah. It's, it's crazy how quickly, because we're only like, Two years into his career at this point, which is which is insane. You it's mentioned crazy. he he won all the titles within his first year, you know, King of the Ring and all that. It's like, man. And he, he not even at his peak, really, physically, yeah. which is insane. This
3: man had a great matchup with Shane McMahon. Like he oh, and oh, Shane God, tore God. The, the roof off.
2: Just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's awesome! Not fair. Awesome. <laughs> We're not even at Bald Kurt yet at this point. No, yeah, oh, right. he's We're not here. Right. We're not even there, man. We got Widow's Peak Kurt. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Can't be perfect, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you, like you guys said, awesome match. You got the you know, Moon Salts. We got the ankle lock spots. All that stuff. Really back and forth. All the suplexes and all that. Ultimately. Stone Cold hits the Stone Cold Stunner for the win, and he moves on to the finals. Um, but we don't get to the match right away, the next match. Why? Why did <laughs> we this gotta, happen? No. We got to break it up with something. Why? Unnecessary. Unnecessary. What do we break it up with? Well, gee. Well, goddamn, pal. I. Uh, let's have test. Try to rape Trish. <laughs> That's good shit. But don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay because he can't get fired because of the Battle Royal. Remember? Yeah. So it's fine. So you can
3: rape people. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. (laughs) Force yourself on people. And when they came out the shower, like it was just, it was so ridiculous. Like this was literally, I don't care what era, what time we're in. Why did it, why does this make sense? Like why, why was this okay to them to do this segment? (laughs) Like, what is going on? And he knows it's wrong because he's saying, what, you're going to get me fired? You're going to tattle on me? You're going to tell somebody? What? Why, why are we no, doing this? I think I'll
2: call the authorities, actually.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I look uh, have, right. But, uh, right. It just yeah. made no sense
2: whatsoever. I just, I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't I we'll, ta- we'll take it above Ric Flair, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so there, we have a little segment there and pretty much explain it. But after that, we have the world... Title on the line, The Rock, the champion, versus Chris Jericho. Um, I like I like this match a lot too. I don't know if I liked it as much as uh, Austin versus Kurt, but um, these are two guys that I thought also had really good chemistry. Um, this match kind of I think it kind of dragged in the beginning, but uh, it eventually picked up. They fight to the outside. You got Jericho trying to hit the Rock bottom onto the Rock through the announce table, but the Rock counters with a DDT. Through the table, brutal spot. You mm-hmm. um, get back in the ring. You got Rock going for a rock bottom again, but Jericho reverses into the breakdown. I think he calls it, which is like a skull crushing finale. Which somehow yeah, the Miz the- does better. <laughs> um, never really quite got over with that move, but uh, nope. <laughs> it's it's like the other guy didn't know to fall. He would like it's like it's like if you tried to do a skull crushing finale like in a shoot. Like if you're just in a street fight. fighter, trying like to actually do like, it to someone. Like, what are you trying to do? what are you, like, what do? are you doing? <laughs> what is happening? Off oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> just walks away. You're right. <laughs> just walks away from him. <laughs> oh man. But uh so The Rock, you know, they're going back and forth. But then the shenanigans start, and uh, Vince McMahon comes out distracts the ref as uh, so Rock Rock hits the rock bottom on Jericho in the ring. Rock is going for a pin, but Vince distracts the ref. Uh, The Rock is pretty peeved at this. So he gets out and punches Vince, knocks him off the apron, hits the spine buster on Jericho, hits the people's elbow. But uh, Vince is back up he's back on the apron. So Rock just throws him in the ring, pulls him in the ring. Um, He's distracted with Vince which allows Jericho to capitalize and hits a low blow onto the rock, followed by a rock bottom because this breakdown shit ain't working. So I'm going to take your move. Thanks. <laughs> I'm using yours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that gives Jericho the win here with the rock's own move. Uh, yeah, lots of tomfoolery here, but uh, it was it's pretty entertaining for what it was. I was
3: shocked that he beat him with the rock bottom because usually yeah. that doesn't happen. Like if, if you use someone else's move, you might get a two count. But rarely do you see someone actually follow through yeah. and get a win, and not to mention winning a championship mm-hmm. that way. So yeah. I wonder if there was maybe a, you know, a, 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 they went a detour. There was some, supposed to be another finish, and maybe they say, you know oh, what, just odd. just do the rock bottom, and yeah. we'll just do that because it was odd seeing Rock lose that way. Um, but overall, entertaining matchup. I had fun with it. Um, it's funny because this matchup was longer than the Austin Kurt Angle matchup, but I thought it was shorter watching it. Like it felt yeah. like to me, you said <laughs> that in the beginning it felt, it felt uh, slow to me, the whole match felt like it was moving in in fast motion. Like I just felt like yeah. it, maybe they were running out of time and like, all of a sudden they just had to do all these things and like, get it all in there because we're, we're, we're cutting it close or something. Cause mm-hmm. I thought there were, there was just a pacing to it where it just felt like it was moving faster. Than than I was expecting it too, um, but great spots. Like so, that table spot was was awesome. I usually like seeing like the rock bottom through the table whenever the rock's yeah. out there. But he did the DDT, that was cool. Um, I was a little upset I didn't get to see the people's elbow fully mm. executed. Vince McMahon <laughs> interrupted it. Ah, it's okay, it's okay.
2: <laughs> goddamn Vince McMahon.
3: Damn Vince McMahon. Jericho did it, you know. Jericho uh, did yeah. his little version of <laughs> right, it. That's, you know? that's close, right? <laughs> yeah. He tried, <laughs> um, but yeah. And I didn't feel like the crowd was that hot for as hot for this matchup as I remembered it in my mind. Like in my yeah. mind, I thought, oh yeah, they were going nuts because it's Undisputed Championship. But I don't know, mm-hmm. it felt like they weren't quite there for this match. With the Stone Cold and Kurt Angle matchup, I felt like they were a little bit more into it. With this one, I even caught some booze a little bit for for both of them, even yeah, for the rock, rock too, rock, as a yeah. as a babyface, yeah. um, you know. And like I said, anytime Stone Cold Steve Austin's running for anything, the Rock is the heel, so you know, like maybe that <laughs> yeah. was going on. They all wanted Austin to win.
2: Um. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wonder if it was like they thought it was a foregone conclusion that Rock was going to win. Maybe yeah. they're just like, oh, let's let's get this match over with so we can get Rock, Rock, yeah. and Austin in the main event. You know, could be, could be.
3: That's good a good point. point. That's yeah. a good
1: point. Yeah. I remember watching this match, you know, being 16, watching this match, hearing it, you know, because I'm watching the scramble, but hearing it, hearing the finish, I'm like, what? The Rock lost (laughs) to his own Are they playing the whole music? (laughs) Dude, that sucks, man. I remember I hated Chris Jericho. This was like on the precipice of me being pissed, you know, because I'm giving a little foreshadowing that, you know, the main event between him and Stone Cold, you know, once we get to there, but I was already at a at a level one of my pistosity right there. You know, I'm like, okay, oh, this I'm pissed. This, this shouldn't have happened. How did the hell did <laughs> The Rock lose, you know, to Chris Jericho? You know, to his own to his own move? It didn't even make sense to me, but watching it now, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the little scrapper they had before they got really into wrestling, and then man, Chris Jericho was just so he, he moved. You know, being so built, he still moved like a cruiserweight. You know, he did yeah. the lion salt, and I was like, "Oh man, that is real smooth, almost similar to Kurt Angle's moon salt." It, it was just very graceful. Mm-hmm. These these two dudes definitely had some chemistry. Those two table spots yes. were rough. I forget. I forget yeah. how those announce tables look like. They didn't give at that and endo- at that right. for the time. Like they didn't <laughs> so have now, all nowadays, the padding. They're like, <laughs> right? They're like crash like pads, this much of like a padding table. right here. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> back <laughs> then <laughs> there were tables
2: that got broken. Now it's <laughs> crash pads that are tables. Right.
1: <laughs> but now I was like, man, the DDT, the Chris Jericho on the table. I was like, oh my god, that looked like he was very, very stiff. But in the end. Mm-hmm. I had fun with the match, but I remember being super pissed about the finish.
2: Well, you're about to reach level two pissosity with this, <laughs> this, is, this next match here, man. Maybe even level three. Who knows? But, yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> I got to take a deep breath before this this main event here. So, uh, so, Jericho wins. He's holding up the title. And then you hear Steve Austin's music, oh, right gosh. into it. Right Vacial into it. I love the, the yes, yeah. yes, the facials. <laughs> just about to say though. <laughs> <laughs> Him, <laughs> like right
1: now, right now, right now. Another match. Right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Throw another test segment up on the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Who else is taking a shower? Who else is taking a shower? Oh stick together. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yes, yeah, Steve Austin, right out there, still hobbling, selling his uh, from his match previous to this, up uh, before the bell even rings. We have uh, Kurt Angle gets back in there and he whacks Steve with a steel chair. Um, and The Rock gets in there and hits Jericho with the rock bottom. And then I believe uh, Rock and Kurt fight to the back a little bit. It's whatever. Chases him away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, both guys are laid out. And then. Uh, I don't know if the bell even rings at this point, but eventually the match gets underway. I
3: think it rang inadvertently, and I think JR asked or Jerry asked, did it ring? So it was a little messy there, because I think they had rang the bell, and then Kurt does the chair shot, and it's like, well, shit, that'd be a disqualification if we're following the rules, but uh, whatever. Let's just keep going, you know?
2: Mm. (laughs) Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but uh, it only gets messier, man. So they brawl on the outside. Uh, Steve pulls up the uh, the mat on the outside to expose the concrete, which is always just a brutal, mm-hmm. brutal thing. There ends up suplexing Jericho onto it, and you just hear the flap. It's just like yikes. Um, eventually get back in the ring. Goes back and forth for a little bit. Uh, Jericho gets Austin in the Walls of Jericho for a pretty long time. Uh, Austin eventually gets to the ropes. Jericho then hits, I guess, a stunner on the on Austin. It was, yeah, it was pretty ugly. It was pretty ugly. I think that first one on Vince was the only worse one than that one. But uh, he's like, uh, yeah. But uh, Earl Hebner gets the ref gets knocked down at some point. Um, then Vince McMahon's back out, brings Nick Patrick with them, the crooked uh, former WCW referee. Yep. Oh, man. (laughs) Fuck Nick Patrick. Uh, So Jericho covers Austin in the ring. Nick Patrick gets thrown in there to make the count, But Ric Flair comes out, pulls Nick Patrick out of the ring, clocks him in the face. Uh, Then Vince McMahon and Ric Flair start brawling. (laughs) And uh, uh, Vince throws Flair face first into the ring post, which looks pretty brutal. I'm going to say it looked pretty good. Flair, Flair is like, this is the one bump I'm taking. I'm, I'm going to make it look good.
0: <laughs>
2: um, back in the ring, Austin hits a low blow on Jericho. I don't know how many low blows we've seen at this point, but Austin hits a low blow on Jericho and then uh, goes outside, punches Vince in the face, I believe. Um, back in the ring, Austin gets Jericho in the walls of Jericho. Jericho is tapping out, but there's no ref. Then Booker T comes out. Five 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 time people coming out. Five people coming out to interfere. Five people. This is very reminiscent of uh, when Booker T debuted. I think it was King of the Ring. When he came out from the crowd and broke Austin's neck on the announce table. Mm -hmm. Um, But didn't break his neck this time. So I guess that's a plus. Um, But Booker T grabs the WWF title. Hits Austin in the back of the head with it. And Jericho covers Austin. Earl Hebner's alive again. Makes the count one, two, three. Chris Jericho oh, has count. Oh, that—that that slow <laughs> Earl Hebner count. NTR Iconic. Like, oh Iconic. my god, it's this can't be happening. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> that <laughs> not,
1: this so not this red. way. Not this way.
3: you not this way. Damn it, not this way. Oh, oh. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So good, so good. Uh, But yeah, I guess Jericho the win. First ever undisputed champion. And boy, he would remind us once a week for the... I don't know how many years this has been. I be Austin and Rock in the same night. This is is how it happens. He said it on his podcast. Oh, yeah. I bet. And and then he had this thing. So Jericho wins. So and Vince McMahon he's laughing because remember he laughs last the whole how it was set up. So that's that's fun. We're having fun <laughs> here. Um the con- there's confetti and there's fireworks going off but Jericho like just skedaddles. Like he, he wins and he just immediately goes to the back. So really the cl- the show closes out you have stone cold in the ring by himself, and his stupid bald head is just covered in this He's looking, like sure. like, looking like a cupcake with happened? sprinkles. <laughs> and then uh and that's how that's how the show ends. Yeah, yeah. Lots, of, lots of shenanigans there. Oh yeah.
3: man. This is, I was this is so like, many like, things going on here.
1: Yeah. Just, I was getting different devil, levels man. of anger. Yeah. And and <laughs> went right when that finished. I was I was turning into the Hulk. I felt like Jr. was feeding me more anger because he was angry too. Mm. You know when Earl Hebner going for that slow yeah. ass count, It's like one no, this can't be happening. No, not this way, dude. Oh my God! I'm like no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm like screaming at my scrambled TV because I'm hearing this, man. I can hear it clearly. You know I'm I'm trying to figure yeah, out yeah. what's going on, seeing, but here I'm like what. Stone Cold lost. He's not the undisputed champion. Chris Jericho is, and Chris Jericho—he looked yeah. shocked. He didn't know what the hell was going on. He just holding up two titles, like, "Oh shit, I got nuclear heat on me. I gotta get the hell out of this stadium yeah. now." Yeah. You know. <laughs> but looking at it now, I enjoyed it. it. It was fun. You know how the different ways. You know uh, who got involved. Kurt Angle got involved. Even who didn't get involved. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. Vince, man, Albert was in there somewhere,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I forgot about Booker T. I was like, "Ah, shit, that's I right." Totally forgot he was. Yeah, a part he came out of two. nowhere and hit hit Stone Cold. I was like, "Wow, that's how we're gonna do it." And one, mm-hmm. two, three, Chris Jericho, first undisputed champion who would never mm-hmm. let you forget it to this day, never.
3: <laughs> so it's funny because for me, seeing that, I actually loved it for Jericho. Because Jericho actually got screwed um, against Triple H. I don't know if it was earlier that year, or previously to this, but there was a Raw where Jericho won the the uh, the W uh, one of the championships, WWE right. championship, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then they reversed it. It never yep. happened, and I was so pissed because I tell you. I, I I was so happy when he won. It was like I was there. I'm like, yes, yes, Jericho, you did it. Yeah. And then he took it away right after. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I was so mad. I was so mad. You know, time passes, he's in the situation, and I didn't pick Jericho to win this, you know. Mm-hmm. But seeing him get not just the world championship, the WWE, now he's undisputed champion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such a payoff for Jericho's character from when he debuted the whole countdown clock and he debuted on the rock and he beats the rock here for the championship. (laughs) I mean, just such a, such a, just great for him. Like, Oh my (laughs) God. Now he gets to be the guy, the guy that they never really let him be in WCW and Mm -hmm. you know, Devin knows this, but WCW is kind of the way that I got into wrestling on a hardcore level. I mean, as a kid, I saw like, you know, I knew of Hogan and, you know, Andre, but didn't really like watch, watch. You know, it wasn't until like some of the WCW versus NWO video games that I really started getting into it. And like Chris Jericho was one of the characters there. So I knew of him already. And um this moment was like, oh shit. Like they actually did it. Those sons yeah. of bitches actually like are gonna give Jericho a chance at this. So it was it was actually really cool. Yes, I would have loved to see like everybody, I feel like we all thought. Rock versus Austin, and I would have mm-hmm. loved to see that for the undisputed championship. That would have been amazing. That would have been perfect. But this right here as a consolation, seeing Jericho, you know, who, like I said, got screwed over at, with Triple H and had the big debut on The Rock to get mm-hmm. the title. It's like, oh man, this is this is kind of cool. This kind of cool
2: yeah yeah it's crazy because jericho they they've teased his crowning moment several times like like you said with triple h yeah i'm asking this do you guys remember him beating the rock for the world title at no mercy
3: no no (laughs) yeah (laughs)
2: yeah that happened i recently covered that show and i was like wait What's up? He just oh, beats The Rock, and he's world champion for like two weeks. But like, it's like I, th- I thought he didn't win the title until Vengeance. But no, he won the title. I guess it was the WCW titles. Maybe it didn't really wasn't canon. During the whole yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, and, then, and then then he technically he's the because uh, he beats who did he beat? He beat The Rock, so he'd be, he was world champion. hmm it was like, he didn't even get a chance to celebrate that because he had like two seconds. (laughs) They're
3: going to take it from him. It's going to like, Stone (laughs) Cold's winning. (laughs) This is not happening. (laughs) Hope you had fun,
2: kids. Right. right. Here we go again. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, yeah, like you said, wins, very unpredictable. Yeah. Gets out of there. And then, uh, yeah, goes on. I think he faces the Rock at the Rumble, I believe. And then goes on to face Triple H at yeah. WrestleMania, where he gets the uh, he gets beat. But um, yeah. it never really he doesn't really reach that that heights. I'm trying to think. Not really until he came back with the short hair and the suits until he that won another world 803? title. I don't think right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so there's a long period where yeah. it was just kind of. I guess he did Switched Fozzy them. and stuff like that too. But yeah. Yeah. But. uh yeah, cool, cool moment for Jericho, and that brings the show to a close, and that brings uh, 2001 to a close as well. Definitely a uh, that's, that's my favorite year of wrestling, personally. Um, but yeah, overall thoughts on *Vengeance* 2001?
3: It was it was fun as hell to go back and, and watch this, you know, <laughs> and see so many of these faces from back then. I mean, me, I was 18 at the time, so you know, just seeing that, being like, wow, like this is. 20 years ago, like, holy shit, like, what time yeah. has flown, you know, and seeing a Chris Jericho back then, you know, and seeing, getting to see Stone Cold and, and, and The Rock and Kurt Angle, like, in their, in their heyday, it was awesome. And some of the other guys, too, it was just like Edge, you know, like, pre, like, you know, like, <laughs> just, you think you know me, like, yeah. <laughs> that's just, just awesome, man. Just seeing, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, it was great. Um, and yeah, it's definitely, it's hard to go back and know like exactly in some of these situations, how I felt about like the Scotty two hotties and, you know, the Alberts of the world back then. So seeing it now, it's like, Oh wow. Like it's, it's just, I have this appreciation that, you know their their careers are done. It is what it is, but it's it's cool to be able to go back and see this. Um, yeah. Great, just fun pay per view overall. Kind of a mess with the with the ending. You know, overall, uh, mm-hmm. even Jericho, I and mean, that's another thing he brought up. He's like, man, like how many things happened in that yeah, main event, yeah. huh? Like it's just right. so you know it was it was messy for sure you know but overall like it it was fun it was fun then for me and and even now seeing it i feel like it was even more fun in a way because again with so much time passing the nostalgia factor kicks in and it's just like oh shit this is that moment where we crowned that first ever undisputed champion like when i found mm-hmm. out we were doing this I was like, oh, yes, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I get to watch that. <laughs> it's a fun matches. Era. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. Just so cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, just yeah. living back my childhood history, I, I just remember being livid, because I remember the main event match, you know, and then going back into Venus 2001, just seeing William Regal, how he went down, just to being appreciative of how he told a story in the ring. Before, mm-hmm. my younger self, I would just overlook it. I wasn't feeling him, I'm like, I didn't get it. I'm like, whatever, you know, seeing Edge, his young, spry self seeing Kurt Angle before the You Suck chance. You know, what I'm saying you. I'm like, oh yeah, this is before You that Suck. Kind of, I was <laughs> waiting for
0: it. I
3: was like, where are the right. You right. Suck chip? Oh, like, didn't happen. Yet. Right, didn't happen yet. I was thinking, like, did happen. Peacock edit We're this but there. not edit almost everything there. else? Like, what is going on?
1: <laughs> 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 you know, and then seeing tag team wrestling matter too. You know, at a time, you know, at a time that it was just so mm. so popular because you look at it now, it's like. They don't care about tag team wrestling, but seeing it how they treat it, yeah. how they treat the Dudleys, even you know, the the chemistry between Kane and, and Big Show, just seeing these big two house type dudes going at it. I have fun with the show, yeah. man. So overall it was fun. A little bit cringy at times you know because mm. given the decade a lot of, yeah. A lot but, yeah yeah a lot of cranny i'm being being kind i guess being nice
2: but <laughs> it, it was very very 2001 right right yeah, 2001. exactly <laughs>
1: very it's very dated <laughs> but i had fun though man it was yeah. a good it was a good pay-per-view
2: i enjoyed it yeah it was a good cause I, like i think everybody just thinks of this pay-per-view as jericho winning the undisputed title but there's a lot of good stuff on here rvd versus taker mm-hmm. like you said the tag team match and then uh yeah i i, I agree i think it was a really a uh, really solid show uh, but speaking of solid shows, the tribal chief of podcasting and uh, his right hand co host. Why don't you tell I, everybody? Uh- nobody's
3: <laughs> bitch. Nobody's <laughs> bitch. I refuse. Every time someone says that, I got to make a point. Yes. That I am nobody's bitch. That the whole right hand co host, I do not acknowledge that no. name. But, you know, it's all in fine. Hey, I didn't he come up with that, in that in name. With in his it was name.
1: It was done on me. I don't have to accept it. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's...
2: But, yes, the, uh, thank you guys once again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where you guys can find the uh, the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast?
1: Oh, man, it's real simple. We got our one-stop-and-shop website. You can find all our social links, all our merch, this beautiful merch right here that you see, like this Clark Street Wrestling tank. We got new merch, too, the Tribal Chief of Podcasts, and the right-hand co host Some nice black attire. Nobody's probably. bitch. <laughs> but, well, like I said, all our platforms, TikTok, be, YouTube, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, Clarkstreetwrestling.com, ST for the abbreviation. That's Clarkstreetwrestling.com, ST for the
2: abbreviation. So you got everything for your need to come find us. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, yeah, that's all I got. uh Yeah, thanks again, guys, coming on. That's, Appreciate it, man. It's
3: it been a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you for having us.
2: Once again, thank you to Javiz and Devin from the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast for joining me today. Recapping Vengeance 2001, what a nutty show this was, man. (laughs) And that brings the year of 2001 for WWF to a close. What a year, man. And it's probably my favorite year of wrestling, 2001. I would have to think about it, but 2001, as far as the pay-per-views go for this company, I don't think there's any other year that can top it. In my opinion, maybe like '97, but we're not there yet. That that's a different timeline in this podcast. So subscribe if you want to uh, follow that as well. And if you enjoy uh, these attitude—I guess it's not attitude era—but if you enjoy these uh, this era of WWF attitude era, ruthless aggression, and everything in between, go to ApronBump.com. You can go to the Episodes tab at the top, filter to Attitude Era. I'm probably just going to call this Attitude Era just for, for you know, bookkeeping sake. But uh, click on Attitude Era, and it'll filter out the episodes to bring you all the Attitude Era episodes that I have recapped with my various guests. So it'll bring you to each episode. You can click on each one. You can listen to it in browser on the website itself. You can click on the YouTube link to watch the video version, or you can click on whatever podcast platform you listen to that is displayed right there, and it'll bring you right to the app. And then you can listen to this warm, delicious voice talk about Sean Stasiak, right, to censor, whatever whatever, whatever show it is, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, also, like I touched on uh, in the intro, go check out my WWF 2001 pay-per-view tier list on youtube as well and uh subscribe to my youtube because we're going to be uh doing more youtube exclusive content on there in the next few months and uh well however long i do this so go check that out and uh yeah off to off to 2002 i guess man i can't wait for that shit like i said haven't seen it but there's a lot it's a huge year for wwf because uh Well, they become no longer WWF and a bunch of huge shit. The brand extension, lots of big stuff happening in 2002. And I can't wait. Subscribe so you don't miss any, you know, Katie Vick, Billy and Chuck, all that shit. You don't want to miss any of that, folks. So, (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you all for listening. Give you a little cheek kiss here. Mm -hmm. All
0: right. I'm hard. Walk around and disregard it If you walk the ground, show you what heart is Standing stronger, prouder, and I get